As you know, as we continue to talk about this 150th celebration, then our theme is rooted, grounded, and growing in God. And it's natural that we sit here and start off talking about what it means to be rooted. What that is. Our roots. Now, if you're anything like me, you first learned about roots in second grade. I remember my second grade teacher going around the room, and on everyone's desk, she placed a paper towel. And then, one table at a time, we were able to go up and wet our paper towels in this bowl of water. Then we returned to our desk. She taught us how to fold them, then handed us each a Ziploc bag. We put the paper towel inside, and then she gave us this little lima bean. It wasn't even cooked. And we were supposed to put it inside the Ziploc bag on the paper towel, zip it up, and then she gave us each, one at a time, a piece of tape. And we were able to go up to the window that face the sun in the classroom and place our little baggies on it. Each day, as we went to the sink to wash our hands, we would go up and look at our little beans. The teacher kept assuring us something would happen. There would be a change. And sure enough, one day, the bean just kind of popped in two. And there was this odd, sprout sticking out of it. And that's when we began to learn about roots and what roots are. As I've learned more the past few years, a lot from Lori and Tim Beeble, that would have been the tap root. <laughs> that main first root, the big root, that's going to go down, that the other root stems are going to come from. That tap root gets down. It goes straight down. And its main purpose is to find water and nutrients. Now, the smaller roots, they kind of ground the plants. They keep it in place. But that big root, that tap root, that goes down and supplies all the nutrition, everything that that plant is going to need. And when that little lima bean on the window of my second grade class began to sprout, was the first moment that we realized its viability. It was taking in water and nutrients all on its own it was then able to sustain life. Now, when I think of roots today, I think of these grand trees. And I expect these trees to have roots, kind of like they're on our communion table right now, but yet much, much larger. I expect for as large as the tree is tall, for that to be what I don't see underneath the ground. And I don't really know why I think this. It's kind of a romanticized way of looking at tree roots. Because I grew up in the South. 
We have lots of pine trees in the south, but we also have lots of tornadoes in the south. And when those tornado winds come blowing through, guess what happens to all of our pine trees? That's right. Roots and all, because we know that pine trees have really shallow root systems. The average pine tree, do you want to know how far down its roots go? 10 inches. 10 inches. Now, yes, it goes out, but it does not go very deep. So that made me think, well, what about some of these other trees? You know, the hardy trees, like an oak. How far down do those roots really go? I was surprised to find out that 18 inches is the average for an oak tree, for the depth of its roots. These tall, tall trees, they might spread out wide, but they don't go down deep where all of the good nourishment is. Then that made me think of this odd, odd thing that I've learned since living here in Norwalk. This one plant that's roots go down a tremendous, tremendous way because the plant itself can only reach a maximum height of about a foot. But yet its roots go down between 10 and 15 feet into the ground. It's this plant that our ecosystem actually needs to continue thriving because this plant's taproot can go down through this compressed soil that our trees cannot break through. And when it breaks down through that compressed soil, these extra nutrients, this extra water is able to come on up so that the other plants and grasses around it can receive that rich nourishment that it otherwise would not receive. I thought about that plant. And I thought about how some people, the moment they see that plant, run to their garages and get out their lawnmowers and mow the things down. I thought about how some people, the moment they see that plant, they run into their garden sheds and they get out their gloves and their weeding tools and they go and try to uproot that puppy as fast as they can. I thought about the, the random people, like Grandma Rambo. She's over there, Miss Carolyn Bugle. She's one of these random people that can tell you some of the fun facts of this plant. Because there's certain people that look at that plant and they'll tell you, oh, you can take the leaves of this plant and you can put them in your garden cell. You can take the leaves of this plant, you can saute them with a little bit of olive oil and garlic and have a nice savory vegetable on it. You can take the flowers of this plant, you can batter them and deep fry them and serve them to guests. Now, I know what you're thinking there. Everything battered and deep fried is delicious, right? <laughs> but people will take these flowers and they will dry them. They'll make teas out of them. And they're said to do 
a variety of different things. There's 20 to 30 different th elements that this, this one flower's tea can help with. Anything from releasing toxins in your body to leveling out blood sugar levels, healing diseases. It's like a miracle plant. This flower, for a lot of people, when they see it, reminds them, because it's one of the first things that comes up in the spring, reminds them that winter is coming to a close, that spring and summer will indeed come. This plant, when some people see it, then they were reminded of the bees and butterflies and how this is their first fruits. Little kids, here's your clue as to what I'm talking about. These are the flowers that many of you, with all of the heart that is inside you, will see their beauty, that golden flower up against the blue sky and the green grass. And you will pick it lovingly and bring it into your grandparents and your parents. And it's probably the only thing that fits inside that little bitty vase right there by their kitchen sink. It's also the one flower that as it changes, because it doesn't need to be pollinated for it to see, it's like a superhero of plants. It's able to seed itself just by the wind carrying its seed away and being planted wherever it falls. It's the big snowball in the yard that you like to pick and blow. And to be honest with you, we adults, when no other adults are looking around, we like to pick it up and blow it too. <laughs> I, of course, am talking about the dandelion. Of all things, a dandelion, the thing that a lot of us refer to as a weed that should not be there, provides so much for our ecosystem. We don't think about the fact that it aerates the ground underneath for all the other plants that it's around. We forget that there are purposes to these things. Emerson has a quote about weeds that goes something like this. A weed is a wild flower that we haven't figured out its purpose of yet. And I love that. Because there's a purpose to it all, and we don't always see it. These dandelions and their tremendous roots, and these sturdy and firm tap roots that are able to go places that all the big guys can't. We don't ever think about because it's something that's underneath the surface that we never see. And these things below the surface that we never see, we don't always question and we don't always think about. I started thinking about the people in my own life that were those dandelions, because the dandelions come first. They're, they're these first things before everything else begins to bloom. And they're getting the soil ready and they're bringing up these, these nutrients, this water, so that all of those things that we love early on, the tulips, the daffodils, can all be blooming. And 
they thought about those people that brought up the good richness of life, of God, of what it meant to be in relationship with God, that expanded my prayer life, that made me have confidence that I was worthy in God's sight. Even if I didn't feel like I was worthy anywhere else. And I thought of those people that gave me that, that were my dandelions in life. And then I started questioning if I was anyone else's dandelion in their Because when we're dandelions in our life, yes, we might not be noticed. It might not be seen, all the things that we do. But we're nourishing those that are around us. We're helping them. We are a benefit so that when others around us are ready to bloom, they're capable, they've received the nourishment that they need. We have a lot of roots in this church. A lot of people that have gone down deep to give us richness, to give us experience. To model and be examples for us. Roots are a sign of life. They're a sign This crazy sign that we can't see. But there's a sign that there's so much more going on. <coughs> this week and the weeks that follow as we go on to grounded and growing in God's love. I want us to think about who has rooted us and who are we rooting? Because without the roots, we're not able to sustain ourselves. Without our own roots, we're not able to help others. And having good tap roots is a sign that our system, our religion, our lives are thriving and growing. Without them, we do nothing. And we have this crazy thing that happens with dandelion roots. You've probably experienced it in your yard. Of those 10 to 15 feet that it can go down, if even one inch is left in the ground, several new plants can come from it. Sounds defeating to those of you that hate the dandelion. <laughs> to those of us that kind of love it, oh, which, Travis, good news. Um, this year when our yard's completely yellow, we can just tell people that we're starting a dandelion vineyard. Because dandelion wine is apparently a thing. If anybody knows how to do that, you're welcome to our dandelion. But these, these things we deem as a weed, as nothing, does a whole lot. And sometimes we deem ourselves as nothing. And we tell ourselves that we can't do a lot. I want you to know that you, whether you are seen or not, like those roots under the ground, that you are amazing and that you are wonderful and that you are worthy and valuable 
and you do so much for the health and life system of this church that you don't realize and recognize. So let's continue to be that kind of rootedness for each other so we can continue to be grounded and so that we can continue to grow. Amen? Amen. And our next song number is slightly off in our bulletin. It's 595. We got all the time. 